Dr. Tony Evans is the pastor of the Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and he's a prolific writer and author, and, and one of the devotionals that he was writing recently, he addressed some of the struggles that many people continue to face during this pandemic. And as he was talking about them, he said, the battle to overcome your emotional struggles is a battle for your mind. If you are worrying, stressed out, and depressed, it's because you are thinking things that are not true. You know, he's right. In times like these, it's so easy because we have so much time on our hands to engage in some unhealthy thinking. And those thoughts can so easily become beliefs. And beliefs can also soon become behaviors. A friend of mine just recently posted on Facebook uh, in shock at what he had just experienced because somebody had reached out to him and said that he had tried to make friends with people on Facebook and was lonely because of the pandemic. And both of the guys were isolated and miles away from each other. And my friend responded to him and tried to encourage him and say, you know, here, here's something I can do. I can reach out to you once a week and we'll touch base via Facebook and just see how you're doing. However, before the week was out, my friend found out that this man had taken his own life. It wasn't too long after that that I read about a church uh, pastor, a pastor in a large church in the Midwest, uh, who had died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And while we don't know all the details, the indications seem to be that that person had just taken their own lives. And that's heartbreaking, and we grieve for the family and for the friends that are involved. You see, life is hard. And for many in these current times, it's even harder. So often, wrong thoughts can invade and threaten to become behaviors that do not honor God in any way. The Apostle Paul identified with some of that when he said in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, I, I, I want to do some good, but I can't do it, but then I, I, I don't want to do some bad, but I do that. Harmful thoughts come from two places, he says. It's, it's the flesh and its desires. But they also come from our mortal enemy, Satan. And Satan, who lo loves to twist our desires and engage to get us to engage in sinful behavior. And because of that temptation and that push, we find ourselves identifying with the words that Paul also says in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, What a wretched man or person that I am! Who will rescue me from this body of sin and death? Some of you may be asking, Mark, you're talking about life verses here. Uh, is this your life verse? Because if it is, it's pretty depressing. <laughs> no, it's not my life verse. But I can sure relate to those words that Paul brings out there. A lot. But what comes after those verses is a life chapter that has not only defined and molded me, but has answered the question and continues to teach me each time I read it. And that's the 8th chapter of Romans. I want to encourage you that later on today, you take the time to go ahead and read that chapter in its entirety. But for today, I'm going to look at just selected verses of it. 
because this chapter reminds me of the victory that Jesus offers over life, death, and its disturbing realities, along with the thoughts and behaviors that attack us in between. And the first truth to consider is that in Christ there is no condemnation. Craig Coley served 39 years in prison following a conviction of having killed his ex-girlfriend and her son back in 1978. But in 2017, he was pardoned based on exculpatory DNA evidence. And throughout all those years, those 39 years, Coley maintained his innocence and a February 2019 Reuters article reported that Craig was remunerated for his wrongful conviction and as a result has enjoyed some newfound freedom and is now helping others who have been wrongfully convicted. Now, whenever, whenever there's a reversal like that, we, we kind of cheer for the underdog, don't we? We also tend to think that there are some people <laughs> that we know that really should be convicted and the key thrown away. But a lot of times it's other people. Most of the time it's not us. After all, we haven't done anything wrong, have we? And yet if we take the time to think about it, every single one of us have. When we stack up our behavior, our attitudes, our thoughts before what God has called as sin in his word, every single one of us is guilty in some form or another. And the truth of the matter is, we deserve to be condemned. We deserve to have the key thrown away. We deserve to, have, to face the execution squad or, or to die. And that's the despair of Romans chapter 7, verse 24, when he says, Who will rescue me? Jesus does. Jesus rescues. And that's why this chapter means so much to me. In verses 1 and 2 it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Without Jesus, I am hopeless. And the term that's used here for condemnation is one that appears to be irreversible. The verdict is execution and death. And what's being communicated here by Paul is that death is final without Jesus. And what awaits me is a hopeless separation from God for eternity. But with Jesus and because of him, there is no condemnation. I'm declared not guilty anymore. I'm exonerated. And Jesus took my sin. He took my failure. He took my shortcomings, my inadequacies, and so many other things that are none of your business. And he nailed them to the cross by dying on my behalf. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And because of that, I'm free. I am free to do to be who God created me to be. And I'm free to serve others and I'm free from the hopelessness that sin and death bring along with the anticipation of walking with Jesus from here on out. This is something that many of you may not know about me, but I have a tendency of being really, really hard on myself. See, I'm all too aware of my own shortcomings. 
When we announced back in December of 2019 that I would be stepping away from the ministry at Mechanicsville Church of Christ, no one had even a clue of the challenges that we would be dealing with in the pandemic and quarantine, social distancing, toilet paper shortages, and job losses. But one of the things that the stay-at-home order has done, among other things, is to allow me to reflect more on the past 17 years. There have been moments when I've been able to smile as I've reflected on some things that, that have been downright joyful and some victories that have been won and different things like that. But there are also some that have highlighted in a painful way my shortcomings and my failures. There are words that I wish I had said and there are others that I wish that I hadn't. There are actions that I wish I had or had not taken. There are decisions that I should, that should or should not have been made. And each of those situations, as they've come to mind, I've, I've repented of, I've asked the Lord for forgiveness. And it may be that there are some of you that I need to do the same thing with. And yet I'm here to tell you that there is therefore now no condemnation. And the same applies to you because you may have some things in your life that you have done or wish that you had that you know would have honored God. There may be some things that you wish you had and had not said. There are thoughts or attitudes that you know are destructive and need help. And while we can all reflect and ask the Lord for help for the future, when we come to Him with those things and we humbly lay them at His feet and confess them, there is therefore now no condemnation. We're pardoned. We're free. We're given a new lease on life and no longer limited by our sin, but instead empowered by God's Spirit to do what we never thought possible. In our own strength, so many things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And that's why verse 11 of chapter 8 says, If the Spirit of Him who raised you from the, Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. In other words, what we could not do on our own, God can do through us. What we have dismissed, God enables. Sometimes what we cannot envision, God clarifies and empowers. I love chapter 11 of Hebrews in the Bible. There are those who call it the Hall of Fame of Faith. And it tells the people who did some amazing things for God. But if you go back in the Bible and you read the description of some of their lives, you will find that many of them were flawed. Many of those people were seriously, seriously flawed. And yet God used them. And He can and He will use us too. But along with not being condemned, Jesus also provides us with a deep, deep sense of belonging. There's going to be a new chapter that's going to open up for Mechanicsville Church of Christ as it unfolds in the next few weeks. And one that I am sure is going to be meaningful and exciting as you, as Will, the elders and staff embark on new ways to reach and impact this community in ways that it has never been reached before. And I'm excited about that. 
It's a very good thing. At the same time, it's going to be hard. Because over the years, <laughs> this has become home. For Pam and I, there's a deep sense of belonging here. And yet, even though we will be apart, that belonging will continue. Our family lives several hundred miles away, but the sense of belonging doesn't wane even though we are that far apart. And I think the same is true here, because family is family no matter how far apart we are. And through His Spirit, Jesus provides us with a deep sense of belonging, not just to one another, but to God Himself. Verse 14 says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Some translations render that our children of God, not sons. And that's a little bit more accurate concept here because every single one of us are children of God who have accepted Jesus as Lord. Verse 15 says, You receive the spirit of adoption and by Him we cry out, Abba, Father. When I was growing up, home was a safe place for me. Mom and Dad loved and took care of us and most of the time we kids managed to get along and not kill each other. And I knew that at home I was loved. I was never formal with mom and dad. I could talk to them about just about anything. And to be sure, there were times when there were consequences to behaviors that I engaged in, for sure. And those, those consequences were well-deserved. But never, never was there rejection or condemnation. There was love. Today, I know that when I come home, Pam loves me. This amazing lady loves me, even after 44 years. And I've learned so much about God through her. And there is such freedom in all of that because this isn't about rules and, and, and checking off different lists or different, different boxes on a list. This is about relationship. And just as I am not judged or condemned at home, even more so, I am not judged or condemned by God. Through Christ and our acceptance of what He did for us on the cross, He calls me His kid. I'm adopted into his family with all the accompanying rights and privileges. In Jesus, God becomes my daddy. That's just how powerful his love is for me and also for you. And his love sees to it that we are understood even when we wonder. In verse 26, it says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know how we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Have you ever tried to say something to someone that you love, but you just couldn't find the words, that it just kind of got stuck right here in your gut? When it comes to God, we have an interpreter. His Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us, knows us more intimately than anyone else. And He will go before the Father and He will share what is really going on even when we don't know how to express it. And yet God doesn't leave us to our own devices. He says in verse 28, In all things God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. 
Things may be difficult and puzzling at times, but God is still at work. I've shared that, that even though Pam and I are looking forward to the next chapter, there's a little bit of anxiety that pops up every now and then because we don't know exactly how it's going to look like. And yet at the same time, we find comfort in the fact that God is working for good because we love Him. Mechanic of Church of Christ, you may not know what the future holds, but God is working all things together for good because you love Him. Elders, will, staff, you may not know exactly what awaits in this next chapter of ministry, but God is working all things together for good. You see, it doesn't matter what you're going through, whether good or bad. Because God is always at work in life, behind the scenes, in the most perplexing situations, in the pain, and even in the silence. And when life is a rich blessing, stop and thank God, because it's a gift from the Father that loves you. But there are times when life is hard, and at other times it may be harder than we ever imagined. No one could have ever imagined what we, would have, what we have experienced over the past eight to nine weeks. And yet God has been, is, and He will be with us. Because we're His kids. And that belonging and that companionship brings us the assurance of victory. Listen to some of these verses. If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then verse 37, on to the end of the chapter, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now rest assured that stuff is going to come our way. And the enemy is going to use every bit of it as a tool to get us to get our eyes off of God and to keep us from following him. But just like the local bully is never a match for dad or our older brother, so Satan is no match for God. And no circumstance, no situation is harmful or strong enough to keep God and His love from you and me. So who's going to separate us from Christ's love? Who, who is going to alienate us from God's love? Absolutely nothing. And because of that, we can live in confidence and in victory because Jesus has and will overcome all things. He is greater than anything that we face. He is greater than anything we may think or imagine. He is greater than any pain or heartache we may experience. And with a gentle and yet firm and reassuring voice, He says, trust me, I've got this. A song that has really ministered to me recently is a song by Big Daddy Weave called I Know. And I want you to listen to the lyrics of this. You don't answer all my questions, but you hear me when I speak. 
You don't keep my heart from breaking, but when it does, you weep with me. You're so close that I can feel you when I've lost the words to pray. And though my eyes have never seen you, I've seen enough to say. Oh, I don't understand the sorrow, but you're calm within the storm. Sometimes this weight is overwhelming, but I don't carry it alone. You're still close when I can't feel you. I don't have to be afraid. And though my eyes have never seen you, I've seen enough to say, I know that you are good. I know that you are kind. I know that you are so much more than what I leave behind. I know that I am loved. And I know that I'm safe. Because even in the fire to live is Christ and to die is gain, I know that you are good. In just a few weeks, we're going to say goodbye to you. And I know that the Lord willing will be back in October, but a chapter in the history of MCC and in our lives is going to come to a close on June 14th. And I have to confess to you that as I was putting together these thoughts, and as I was reflecting on that, tears just started welling up in my eyes. Because we know that it's going to be hard to say goodbye. But we also know that because of Jesus and because of His amazing work, we are connected to God and His love. We are assured of victory in this life to come. And so are you who have named Jesus Lord. And if we're His, there is nothing that can separate us from Him and there is nothing that can separate us from one another. My dad died back in 1985. He died over in Italy and... Uh, and the late 90s, we were able to bring his body or his remains back, and he's buried up in Quantico National Cemetery, uh, 70 miles north of here, as a World War II veteran. My mom died in 2006, and she's buried in the same plot. As I was reflecting on today's message, I remembered that mom's life verse is Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And as I was growing up, I can't tell you how many times I heard her talk with joy about how God did things and how He worked and He, he did things because He loved us. And then when we were asked to provide an inscription on Dad's side of the headstone, our entire family, almost without hesitation, chose those last verses of Romans chapter 8 and the paraphrase is I'm convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord and we have those verses inscribed on his tombstone because that's how he lived and that's how he died and folks earnestly I pray with all my heart and I plead with you that you will seek Jesus if you have not already. Choose to make Him your Savior and Lord and seek out help to find out how you can not only believe in Him, but also surrender fully to Him. 
That way we can all join in confidence that nothing will separate you and me from Him or from one another. Father, we come to You in the name of Jesus thanking You. Thanking You that in You there is now no condemnation. Jesus, You've done some amazing things and we take those things for granted so much. Forgive us for trying to compartmentalize that instead of living it out in every single area of our lives. Of living with joy and assurance. Of living with anticipation at what it is that you're going to do. Because we're free. We're free in you. We're free to serve you. We're free to love you. And we're free to die in you. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.